Critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent film. And now, here is your host, Ben Gordon. Wow. What's that? That's a solo. That was impressive. A Doc G solo because it is the Doc G show. I am your host, (coughs) Dr. Jeebus, in the house again with my co-host, Justin Virgin Bat Evangelista. Yo, I'm here. So true. I'm here. I'm here now. And we're about to kick this show off. Lay it down. You know what I'm saying? In the other co-host pilot seat that is filled with Dave Burles Berlin. Talk, we're about to make this show happen like an illegal student-teacher relationship. Huh? Oh, dang. Oh, that's that's topical because we were just talking about that. Shout out to that new Smyrna teacher. What? Most of the listeners don't know what we're talking about, nope. but it's fine. Just Google it. It's fine. Google new Smyrna teacher. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Anywho. She's holding a fish. She's what? Wait, what? I've derailed 30 seconds into the show. <laughs> Hurry. Guys, in local sports news, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the local minor league baseball yeah. team, have a record of 10 and 12. Oh, below 500. Worse than expected. It's not very good. But on the plus side, they have naked streakers at their games. Did you see he wanted 10 retweets? Yes. And he yes. did Yes. What an <laughs> idiot. What an idiot. Dude. Fans got to see more jumbo shrimp that than they bargained Thursday, for. Man. Wait, what? Yes. The, those thirsty Thursdays are, oh, they'll get can you. get you. By the way, real quick, I was thinking about this when I brought the story up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you remember that nudist campsite we talked about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think at their baseball games they have streakers that are fully clothed? Yes. That run out? And people, oh, really? Oh, arrest that on. man. That's disgusting with all He's that. He's running on to, he or she's running onto the field while putting on a shirt. All that fabric. And, yes. Gross. Thank you. Anywho. 100%. God. Polyester. Dante Kuntz. Dante Kuntz was hanging out at a Jumbo Shrimp baseball game. Sweet. And he clearly thought this game is boring, right? So he decided to go on Twitter. By the way, fantastic Twitter handle for uh, Dante. What is it? At... Chief McNarley. Nice. That's Solid. right. Solid. So at Chief, Chief McNarley said, 10 retweets, I'll streak at the Jumbo Shrimp game, dot, dot, dot. He got 40 retweets. Oh, shit. A promise is a promise, fellas. And Dante Kuntz hopped on that field and went a streaking. That's right. So he was running around the baseball field back. And uh, he came back around, jumped over a fence, mm-hmm. right, and was getting away. And then some dude tackled yeah, him. Yeah, not even a worker. Why did this person tackle Dante? Wasn't it the dad or something? Because kids yeah. were at the game. Mm-hmm. He was running towards the kid zone of now, the shrimp game. Now oh, I'll, that's what it was. Yeah. I'll let mm-hmm. Rodney Ferrioli take it from here. Rodney was at the game, and he said at first... I wanted to laugh, like, okay, maybe it's a harmless prank. But you come out here, and you're you're bringing your kids to the game. You've got to turn to them when you see them running on the field, and you've got to explain to them 
What's going on? End of quote. Girl, come on. First off, Rod, God forbid that you have to explain something to your say, kids. That doesn't need to be explained. That would be too much. Yes. Assumed I assumed kids knew everything, right? Wasn't yeah. that I thought they Benjamin buttoned their way through knowledge their whole life and just forgot everything their whole life. Wait, what? Second, out of all the groups that you could offend by a naked person, I really feel like kids are the ones who would care the least. Yes! I mean, most kids are looking to Oblivious. throw their clothes off anyways. They get to the beach and they're like, why do I have to wear these swim trunks? These things suck. I want to get out of these things right now. Like That's, that's the way they m- mostly think. Well, folks, Dante was charged with lewd or lascivious behavior. Oh. Yeah, I, was think, I was thinking, how do you pronounce that? Sec- is it lascivious? Lascivious. Oh, I thought it was like lascivious. Yeah, it looks, it's a really weird uh, uh, lettered word yeah, for yeah, lascivious, yeah. but that's how you say it. Lascivious, yeah. okay, uh, thank you. Parents across the city were complaining about Dante's behavior. Dante. And I'm here to tell you, parents, you've got to look at the silver lining. Dante taught two, two, Valuable life lessons. First, he tweeted 10 retweets. I'll streak at the Jumbo Shrimp game. He got 40. That's a fact. His word is his bond, everyone. (laughs) He made it happen. Word is bond. It may not have been a good idea, but he's not going back on a promise, guys. Nope. That's a deal. A deal is a deal. Second life lesson, he reminded everyone, everyone out there, that baseball is pretty boring without something else to do at the ballpark. Yeah, Let's true. be honest. And dollar beers. Very true. Or at the balls park. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, I feel like we are the nude streaker in the baseball game that is FM radio and Ooh. podcasting. That's a fact. Are you ready to take off our collective metaphorical pants and fire this show up? Fire it up, guys. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Guys, fantastic show. We've got fantastic singer uh, songwriter out of Nashville, Mr. Jacob Thomas Jr. Very Ooh. exciting to have him on the show. Uh, we are also going to have a limited time segment titled Where in the World is El Jefe May? Woo! Nice. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Very exciting. But guys, are you ready for the first birthday suit? Yes, sir. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, guys. May 2nd. First off, I got to get some honorable mentions out of the way. Oh, this is a big day then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend for 30 years. That's right. 30 years. Word. I'm old. So old. Mr. Lee Kegley. Happy birthday. Happy Lee birthday to you, Breezy. Big deal, man. Lee Breezy. Happy birthday, Lee Breezy. Lee. Nice. Then I've got to say happy birthday to perhaps the weirdest name in all of music. Oh. Engelbert Humperdinck. Huh? Oh, nice. Mm. Who is this? <laughs> Classic. He's a crooner from uh, England. Crooner. He's turning 83. Engelbert Engelbert Humperdinck. Humperdinck. Wow. Could you get a weirder name? Hmm. I mean, Mm-mm. I ben don't. Ben Gordon. I mean, <laughs> you know, in <laughs> Doctor in, in race in racing we had we had Dick Trickle. That's a fact. But I still think <laughs> Engelbert Humperdinck is weirder. But happy birthday to Mr. Humperdinck. Yes. 
Anyways, let's get to the first. Can I can I uh, shout out a birthday too for May second? Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Known this man for uh, twenty two years of my life. Mm. The great old man himself, Edmund Evangelista. Oh, Edmund. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, is that your dad? It's, yeah, it's my dad. What? Yeah, it's his birthday. That popular dude. Yeah, yes, That sir. knows DJ Khaled. Yes. God. He got the hookup. My we the best, God. baby. He's so cool. Another one. Key, guys. Major key. Major key. <laughs> Major keys. Anyways, guys, uh, happy birthday to all those folks. Happy birthday. Uh, born May 2nd, 1972 hmm. in Hayward, California. Hayward, California. He grew up all over the country. Connecticut, Hawaii, Pennsylvania, many other states. He was very athletic, playing football, track and field. And he went on to the University of Miami and played football there. Graduated in 1995. After school, he decided that he would become a wrestler. Oh. And became WWF and WWE champion eventually. He went on to become a prolific actor with movies like Walking Tall. Oh, God. Oh, it's, it's The, the Rock. Rock. Yeah. The Rock. No. The Rock Johnson. Doom, Get Smart, Pain and Gain, Fast and the Furious 6, 7, 38, whatever. 25. Central Intelligence. He's done it all, guys. Dude. The Mr. Rock. Yes. Happy birthday, He Rock. has come a long Dude. way from the WWE. He has, man. He's done a lot. He's done a lot. Collegiate, you know, football player. Sure. He was a wrestler at all levels of wrestling all the way up. And then he went on to do... I mean, he's even been on... He's been on albums, you know. He's done a Wyclef album. What? Yeah, really? it doesn't matter. Yeah, he it did a whole matter. little remix to his little "It Doesn't Matter" deal when he cool. was. Yeah, yeah, to exactly. Listen to that over break. He's no doubt going to be Doctor Rock soon. I can feel it. Mr. Dwayne Johnson, happy birthday! Happy birthday! All right, guys, you ready to rip some headlines? Rip it! And now the news. Here we go. We've already had some good headlines from local news. Mm-hmm. We may have another one from local news. Uh-oh. Teaser. I don't know. Hey, hey. Uh, Teaser. Guys, big news coming out of Halifax, Canada. Hmm. Uh, the cops busted a man robbing a Tim Hortons. VB, Ooh. I remember you're a big fan I of like the Timmy Tim Hortons. Hortons yes. Hopefully they've stopped doing that catastrophe that they had going, the buffalo wing latte that we talked about. That was yeah. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Ew. Anywho... Robert ran into Tim Hortons, claimed he had a gun, demanded some money. Then he ran out of the store. Everyone in the store saw him board the Halifax Transit Ferry. Oh. Ferry goes across the Bedford Basin. Basically this uh, big, uh, you know, body, body of, of water. water. Yes. That's a fact. Uh, so when the cops got there, uh, you know, ferry boats don't travel too fast. Nope. Mm-mm. And the cops True. just called the Halifax <laughs> Transit and asked them to turn around the ferry. Which they did. The man was arrested when the boat came back. My big thing about this story is wouldn't the cops just meet him on the other side of Bedford Basin? Yeah, right? Like, why didn't they just do that? I mean, if I'm one of the other passengers on the boat and they're like, hey, we've got a turd who robbed a Timmy Hortons on here. We're turning it around. I'd be like, are you... Girl, come on. I gotta wait an hour and a half for this thing to go all the way back. Do it again. And this guy's probably going to shoot me now because he knows it's for them. Yeah. Come on, man. I would be upset. Very upset. Anyways, guys. Guys, there's a couple of life, life lessons in the next story. And it comes from the place that all news 
important news comes from hard hitting hard hitting journalism. Teen Vogue. Mm. Teen Vogue. Yes. My favorite. Yes. <laughs> Listeners, I read Teen Vogue every week for the hard hitting journalism. Yeah, you do. So two teens, not surprisingly, teen girls were driving down the highway in Georgia. Speed limit was sixty five. They were going 106. The driver decided to take a Snapchat. They wrecked, and the passenger died. Ah, Horrible, right? The driver, who is 17, is facing first-degree vehicular uh, homicide as well as reckless driving and speeding. So, up until this part of the story, we just have a bunch of sad information. That's a fact. This is where the story really takes some weird twist for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. First, the judge in this trial placed a $31,000 bond on this, uh, on this girl mm-hmm. and told the girl that she cannot drive or, wait for it, use Snapchat. Huh? What? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't think the type of social media really played a factor in the story. Her use oh. of Snapchat kills one person. I, I don't think if she pulled out her phone and said, let me take an Instagram story, it would have been too different. Yeah. And they would have been like, you know what? We're fine. This did not distract us nearly as much as that darn Snapchat. That's right. Plus, how much damage can Snapchat do at zero miles per hour? I've seen a lot of Snapchats come in with the zero miles per hour on them, it's and true. I was never in from one of those. Nope. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Here comes the even worse part of the story. Well, not worse, but looks bad. Looks mm-hmm. worse. The attorney representing the girl, this girl uh, in the trial, asked the judge if she could keep her passport, though, because she's got a cruise coming up in a month. Wait, what? She really wants to go on the cruise. Wow. Mm. No remorse. <laughs> Don't worry. The attorney representing this young lady cleared up the situation. She said, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We weren't trying to be insensitive. We're just trying to say, judge, she already had these tickets for the cruise. Girl, come on. Oh, my gosh. Who come on. the heck is this? I'm going to be honest. How in the crap could you enjoy yourself on the cruise 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 knowing that that you you? took a life? How? How? Mm -hmm. But if, I don't know, maybe maybe her. And then on top of that, somebody's got to pay that $31,000 for her to go on that cruise as well. True, true. That'd be an expensive freaking cruise. Got to enjoy the cruise at $31,000. Damn, my parents would leave my butt in jail. Exactly. Guys, we need 31k. Jeez. A belated happy birthday. This is not for May 2nd. This happened over the weekend uh, last Saturday. Happy birthday to John Hamilton of England. Mm. A World War II veteran. He's from Sutton Vaney, England. He turned 100 last Saturday. This fella is wow. a dynamo. He spends 90 minutes every morning cranking iron nice really cranking iron wait to this day or to this day he still does it at a hundred what a beast hats off to johnny here's to another hundred sir hoping you break that record justin you're asian american right yes sir that's how i'd like to um identify yourself myself okay bubble in okay let me ask you a little bit of a marketing question here okay if I Shoot. were to open an Asian theme restaurant, hmm. do you think that Yellow Fever would be a good name for that restaurant? 
<laughs> That's actually pretty funny to be honest. Okay. But no, because no. yellow fever killed millions of people. Yes, well that's what Whole Foods did. But I get it. They opened some Asian fever. themed restaurants and called them yellow fever. Yellow people, we are yellow. Huh? That's what happened when Amazon buys your company. That's crazy. Take, take. That's ballsy. I mean, would it? That would be really good or really bad. I would have yeah. liked to have been in that marketing meeting, though, and they would have been like, yeah, it's going to work out. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. I like it. I dude. like it. I, I don't think that's a good idea for them, and I'm guessing they're probably going to have to rebrand. Is probably. there one in Jack's? No, they're all on the West Coast right now. Uh, all uh, on the West Coast. Yellow oh, people over there. Wait, is there one in L.A.? I'll check it out. I don't. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I know they're in California. I don't Ooh. know if there's one in LA. All right, we'll look it up after break. If, if so, I want you to take a picture, yep. send it back. Yep. There's gotta be one. Um, there's gotta. Be I'll make one a drive. Guys, you know my vo- viewpoints on weddings. Yes. You, you, hate, you them. hate them. Yes. Uh, listeners, if you want to go back, listen to these viewpoints. You can go back to June 14th, November 15th, or March 28th. <laughs> Dave uh, went to one these, yesterday. I know. Oh, I saw. I apologize. Um. Well, guys, Georgina Childs. Georgina? Yeah. She's in debt for over 2,000 pounds. Mm. She's, uh, you know, from Broke. England, so pounds. Oh. I th- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not uh, in weight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> over the past four years, she spent more than 9,000 pounds going to 20 different weddings. Jeez. Holy. Wow. She's become so in debt that she had to move back in with her parents at the age of 31. Oh, that's oh, bad. No. Wow. However, when the news team asked her if she would attend any more weddings, she said she'd always attend a wedding because it's a social faux pas to turn down an invite. Faux pas. That's right. She literally said faux pas. Wow. Georgina, you know what else is seen as a social faux pas? Not having a place to live. That's a fact. At the age of 31. Really puts a downer on your social scene. Stop being broke. Besides, they're lame. Lame. I I don't care. I turn people down all the time for weddings. Yeah, and And he's rich as hell. And most of my friends have learned. Don't invite that guy because he'll turn you down. That's what Dang. I'll do, because they're lame. What about your best friend? I'll go, but I will protest <laughs> the whole time. I'll go. I'll have a sign that says, this wedding sucks. Dang. During. during <laughs> we'll have the video the, the video going, and just everyone looks happy. Everyone yeah. looks happy. And then you have your sign. That's right. <laughs> And they'll be like, does anybody does anybody have anything to say? What is it? Uh, any uh, is any like objections? Yeah. yeah, any objections? And I'd just be like, boo! <laughs> Dang. And, they'd be and then you should also wear white. Like all black. Yeah, oh, going to a funeral. Like a funeral. Yeah. Death, Anyways, death guys. A or a white dress. Yeah, a white dress. I'll wear a white dress. Yeah. Me and Dennis Rodman be hanging tough. Okay. Uh, he wore one back in I the know, day for his book. Yeah, Bad As I Want to Be, is, I think, is the, the title. Anywho. Guys, we've, we've all been to Publix, correct? Yeah. I love it. It's a good store. The pub, baby. It's a friendly staff. A little overpriced sometimes. A little bit, but a friendly staff there. Yes! Oh, you know? Yeah. The best. Great, great staff. Mm-hmm. Christina. 
Our friend. Uh, oh, nice. Yes. Okay. And definitely not listener of the show works Shout there. Shout to Christina McKinney. Yeah, yeah. Um, She's probably what the story's about. No, it's not about her. <laughs> no, um, so there's a new Publix opened up right outside of Richmond, Virginia. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're moving up. Moving up north. Uh, Liberty Gratz, who uh, looks and seems from her interviews like a, a lovely young lady, yes! uh, has been working at this Publix since it opened up. This past fall, mm-hmm. right? So Liberty is stocking the shelves at Publix, just minding her biz, doing some stocking of shelves. And a lady comes up behind her and asks where an item was, right? Mm. Uh, Liberty didn't respond back to this lady. And the lady asked again, and Liberty just kept on stocking her shelves. Oh, so I read the about lady the story. punched Liberty yeah. <laughs> in the back. Wait, what? Right? It was crazy. Oh, what? One thing that oh, I forgot to mention listen, about listen. Liberty, she's deaf. Jeez. And this lady <laughs> punched her in the back. This unnamed lady. Oh my god. Punched a deaf girl in the back for not responding oh to her. Oh my god. Okay. In, I guess in her defense. No, there is have, no defense. No, Why? There is no defense. How do you not know? How do you know if someone's deaf? You don't deaf punch the, somebody. You tap them. First of all, first of all, this is Liberty still showed the lady where the item was oh, after she got saint. after she got punched. That's crazy. <laughs> first off, there is never a proper response to punch someone for not responding. You would just go, oh, this person is ignoring me. I'll go find another person. Or like Dave said, tap them on the shoulder and see if they respond no, to that. You just, just walk away you're like, yo, I'll go F myself right now. Word. Like, how is that <laughs> How is that ever the proper response? Talk about teaching your kids something. Teach your kids not to punch people if they don't respond. Girl, come on. I mean, come on. Are you serious? Hey, where are the Fruit Loops? Excuse me, where are the Fruit Loops? You know what? F it, I'm punching them. You know what? If you're asking where the Fruit Loops are... And you can't find them? Well, why don't you walk around the store yourself and find them, you lazy turd? They have the... What the items? Guide, the, guide the item numbers. Li- on the signs. Liberty and her mom said. Liberty. This is what she said. I know hurt people are usually the ones that hurt other people, and so whoever it is, I've been praying for them. I hey. will continue to pray for them, and I hope things that get better in their life, so that when, uh, so that they can be better to other people. Wow. If they find out who uh, it was, they would love to sit down with that woman and have a conversation with her about being kind to people with and without disabilities. Turns out Liberty has Usher syndrome, a genetic disease that causes deafness and eventually blindness. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I thought, man, for Liberty to have this going on and still react the way that she did when someone punched her in the back... She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She is. Super awesome. Yeah. So I uh, I did a little digging, and I found out that her family started a GoFundMe page to try and pay for some of the treatments mm-hmm. to help counteract this syndrome. Mm-hmm. The Doc G Show, us, contributed to that GoFundMe page. Yeah. And Aww. if you feel some kind of way about this story, you can go uh, contribute as well. The GoFundMe page is titled Blind Faith. Uh, you can check it out. Definitely, I would encourage it. Because Liberty is a fantastic human being. That's right. Anywho, guys, we are going to take a break. We're going to hear two songs 
from our guest o honor, Mr. Jacob Thomas Jr. Sweet. We're going to hear Go Your Own Way. And then off of his new album, we're going to hear Headlights and Goodbyes. We're going to be right back on the Doc G Show. Loving you isn't the right This is 95.5 Welcome back to the Doc G a show. Guys, we've got a new segment on the show. We all know a fella named L-F-A. Jeff May. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jeff recently decided the rigors of work, <coughs> the work world. They were getting too much for him. Boring. So he decided to leave it all behind. He decided that he was going to take a trip around and get to know this great country. He was going to see a thing or two. I love it. Just Jeff and the open road going on adventures. Climbing things. We're not nearly as adventurous, fellas, so no. we need to live vicariously through Jeff. Through El Jefe. I need to know what he's doing. That's right. So this segment, we're going to call Where in the World is El Jefe May. Yes. Let's give him a call. Sweet. He's so far away. All right. We are on the line with none other than El Jefe May. What's going on, Jeff? Hmm. Nothing much. Just searching my way through Oklahoma right now, trying to find a place to sleep. Oh, God. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Be- how, how are the native people in Oklahoma? Do they speak your language? Hmm. I think so. I haven't talked to very many. Okay. All but right. uh, a lot of people ignoring traffic signs and... A lot of people smoking with their kids. But other than that, it's nice. an awesome time. Very nice. Very nice. Now, I've, I've already heard some fantastic stories about this great land vicariously via text uh, from you. Yes! I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, first off, I hear you were a part of a cornbread festival oh, nice. in Alabama. Mm. Wait, what? That is absolutely correct. Fantastic. The first time I've been to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's everything I pretty much figured Alabama would be. How many Confederate flags did you see? Hmm. One one per truck, just about, is what it one felt like. Truck. I was swimming one in One per truck. <laughs> wow, that is impressive. Where was the Cornbread Festival? Hmm. Uh, South Pittsburgh, I believe, which is on the, on the cusp. You got to go through Alabama. You can get there. It's... Right on the edge at Tennessee as well, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. So was it like a farm that you just accidentally run into this festival? Did you like know you were trying to get there? Absolutely. I was the. I was actually listening to the radio. Um, Sweet. Shout out to what we're on. Nice. nice. And uh, all of a sudden, they start talking about, hey, you got to stop by this cornbread festival. There's a cornbread cook-off. Word. Oh, heck yeah. And all oh. sorts of action going on. Very nice. Very nice. And I pretty much, they won me over. And you had to pull Because they over. told me, you know, you got to go, you got to go to this cornbread festival. Mm-hmm. Try all the free cornbread. Okay. Buy it, some if you want. It was free? 
free cornbread. That's a free jackpot. Dang, best cornbread you had there. So you're telling us that you loaded up your trunk with free cornbread, mm-hmm. and that's what you're going to be eating for the rest of your trip. Mm-hmm. Just about, yes. I'm about eight loaves of cornbread <laughs> in. And, uh, nice, nice. Now, uh, I got one thing to ask. Uh, one of our favorite rappers and former guests, Cornbread. His name is Cornbread. Was he at this festival? Hmm. No, I just saw a whole lot of big dudes in overalls okay. with sunglasses. Oh. So unless he fits that mold. No, no, not really. He's not that big. He's a fairly uh, a petite guy. I would like he'd probably be offended by <laughs> what, petite. Yeah, what was like the petite. favorite Cornbread? Yeah, what was the best Cornbread you had? Hmm. Oof, I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know, the fellow that made it. Mm-hmm. But it was like a jalapeno cornbread. Oh, yeah. Oh. And uh, yep. I'll tell you what. He whips up a mean jalapeno cornbread. So if you ever if you ever stop by South Pittsburgh for the cornbread in 2019 for that national festival, I'm you got to grab that, guys. We're all there. <laughs> the national you know, pastime. You know what? We're Actually, I think we're going to do a, a live spot there yeah. next oh, year. Oh, that'd be you sick. Know? We're going to have mm-hmm. a little booth at the next cornbread <laughs> festival. <laughs> We'll fit right in. They know exactly how to do it there. I'll tell you what. I've never seen so many people tailgate nice. for a cornbread festival. It's nice. real. It's that's, serious. That's that great. is that cornbread is serious. That speaks tr- the true nature of South the Pittsburgh that mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the South Pittsburgh that I know and love. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, the next thing I gotta ask about is um, I heard. That you were um, hunting gnomes in a cave. Wait, what? Uh, what? Wh- hmm. Where exactly was that? This was in um, Tennessee near Chattanooga. Okay. In a nice little place called Rock City. Nice. Rock City. And uh, you head up to the top and you take a nice little hike and you can go all throughout this, uh, all these rock formations and whatnot at the top. You have this big old overlook. It's got a native background to it. Mm-hmm. Of like a whole story as to why it's it's relevant. Somebody jumped off a mountain and they said, "All right, that's pretty. That's pretty sad. Let's make this a monument." Oh, so I see, I see. Rock City. Did you play the song Rack City and just replace it with Rock City the whole mm-hmm. time you were there? Nope. It might have been frowned upon. Oh. But I would be lying if I say it didn't cross my mind. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, where do these gnomes come from? Hmm. Now, apparently. There was some artist that stopped or, or loved the concept of this whole area mm-hmm. and decided to go with a whole, um, I want to make this a fulfill your children fantasies sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And they end up putting like gnome version of the Goldilocks story in a cave. Huh. Um, so I end up going from the top of the mountain. I turn a corner and I go into a cave and there's like these weird gnomes with lanterns and a wolf and whatnot. I don't know what else is going on there, but wow, Jeez. I was a little taken aback by it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see why. Yeah. That's, that's uh intro. Did you, I mean, the, so, so the idea, did you, did you catch these gnomes or was it just to like find them and pat them on the head? Hmm. It was pretty much finding them and patting them and then okay. uh, wondering why they're even there. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Interesting. So Rock City, South Pittsburgh, beautiful. Now I hear that uh, you saw something unique at a gas station 
in Arkansas. Hmm. A good uh, a good pal of mine. Yeah. Um, he who shall not be named okay. at this point. Okay. Um, I walk into a nice little Lovey's. Yeah. Or Loves. Very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Gas station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lo and behold, um, as I'm turning the corner, I, I see a, a lovely, lovely old lady sitting there. Um, oh, goodness. Just looking pretty and waiting. Yeah. And then uh, brush aside and I go to the restroom uh-huh. and then I see uh, a wonderful older gentleman mm-hmm. coming out of the coming out of the bathroom stalls mm-hmm. <laughs> with his underwear. Uh-huh. And he's tossing his pants away huh. in the garbage can, tucking them in. What? Huh. And then I see him poke his head out the door. His wife hands him a pair of pants. Nice. And he carries right along doing that. Nice. Uh, so I'm not going to say he got the bubble guts, yeah. but I'm pretty sure he went Wait, what? to that cornbread festival as well. <laughs> <laughs> I um I, I I don't know. I I'm a little confused because I would also suspect I've seen it a lot on uh, on cops. There could be narcotics in those pants. I'm just saying. A lot of times, they'll throw the pants. They'll say, those are my pants, even though they're not wearing pants anymore. And the cop's like, these aren't your pants. So, I don't know. This this old man may have looked wholesome. Could have been a heroin dealer. I'm just saying. They tried to get a little drill. It was a drop-off point. Exactly. I could have scored big. Exactly. That's what you're telling me. I don't. You could have bought more cornbread with that. It's free. Free sample. No, but he said there was stuff you could buy. Screw that. Yeah. Wait, Just come in with a, a disguise a and keep getting Heroin. the free samples. <laughs> That's right. Anywho. cornbread for a dime bag. Huh? Uh, what? We have derailed again. Um, so, Jeff, we are now in Oklahoma. Sweet. What's the plan? Uh, give, us, give us the play-by-play, at least somewhat of a, a rough outline for this coming week and where we could expect next week when we do our next installment of Where in the World is El Jefe May? Hmm. Well, it's looking like I'm going to go to Ghost Ranch next nice. in New Mexico. Okay. I'm yep. going to hit the Grand Canyon oh. and do the rim to rim, hopefully. Ooh, very nice. Rim to rim. And then... The old rim job at the Grand Canyon. I believe, gotcha. yeah, you have to do it for 23 hours. Wow! Wait, what is that? That is the longest rim job I've ever heard of in Grand Canyon. <laughs> I've From had longer. rim to rim. <laughs> Amazing. I've had longer. So, Someone's got to be happy at the end of it. Ex- yes. Well, you Someone. are. You're going to see the, the goods, my friend. You are going to see go. Grand Canyon majesty. Sweet. So when is that going to be next week? That will be this coming week. Okay. And I'll pretty much have finished. When I next speak with you, oh. it may be um, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. Is where I'll be I was in. hoping wow. it would be mid-rim job. Well, I mean... <laughs> I'm guessing the service <laughs> of the Grand Rim Canyon job. probably not that good. Yeah, true. I'm guessing they don't have the service. True, true that. Nope. But I don't think so. But I can't wait, Jeff. I'm excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I'm excited for this trip. We are living vicariously I, through you. I this feel is like sick. I'm doing it all with him. Yeah. I'll send you I'll send you the rim job photos and let you guys find Please. out what uh, I'm what you're missing. <laughs> yes, I'm man. For... Now, how far is that from rim to rim in the Grand Canyon? Hmm. 23.6 miles. Wow. Mm. 
That is. That's a that's a good hike right there. That is a good hike. All right. Well, El Jefe, uh, do you want to do a birthday suit with us? You may not be uh, familiar with this, but what we do is I give a clue of a famous person that has the birthday of today, and uh, you guys guess it. Do you want to get in on this with Dave and Justin? I'm in. I'm All right. in. All right. Fantastic. Okay, guys, are you ready? Let go. Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Born on May 2nd, 1975 in London, England. England. Oh. He loves soccer at a young age. In fact, in an interview, he said, at school, whenever a teacher asked me what I wanted to do when I was older, I'd say I wanted to be a footballer. Word. And they'd say, no, what do you really want to do for a job? And I'd say a footballer. Word. He really said footballer, by the way. Um, Tottenham Hotspurs was the first club team that he played for. He ended up playing for Manchester United, first as a trainee and then a full-time player. In 99... He married Victoria Adams, better known as Posh Spice. Oh, this this is uh, this is David Beckham. David Beckham, guys, let me finish this real quick. In 2003, he was signed with Real Madrid, Real. Real. He decided to wear number 23 and said it's because that's also Michael Jordan's number. He literally said that. Really? Yes. (laughs) In 2007, he joined the MLS Galaxy. He retired from soccer in 2013. First English man to win titles in four different countries. He's also won British's Greatest Ambassador. David Beckham. Sweet. Happy birthday. <laughs> what an t- attractive man, that David Beckham. Good looking dude. Yeah, he's pretty good looking. He's got some good smelling cologne, too. I like it. Oh, yeah? What uh, I, I forget the, uh, the brand that he endorses, but it's good smelling. Oh. It's good smelling. El Jefe, did you know that Is was the- Aqua de Joe guy? Uh, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's Aqua de Joe. I don't know what it is. It got windy out there. <laughs> What's happening? Around the streets trying to find somewhere. What the hell is happening? El Jefe, are you stuck are in you a tornado? Okay? Is there a tornado happening in Oklahoma? Oh, there we go. We're back. We're back. Okay, I was yeah, we worried. Lost him. El Jefe. We are going to have to sign off, man. But I thank you for being on the show. We'll pick it back up next week, all right? All right, sir. I appreciate you having me. Yes, man. We'll see you next week. Bye, Jeff. Y'all take it easy. Bye, Jeff. El Jefe. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. That's an awesome trip so far. So far. That's pretty cool. Great A trip. That's right. We'll be right back on the show with Jacob Thomas, a junior. Get excited, guys. I'm already excited. Man. Hey, this Rock Montana, Mucho Yellow, and it's Rockin' Yellow on the Dot G Show. And the trap I do wide open, you know? Welcome back to the show, guys. Today we are extremely lucky to have the creator of Electric Sex, the talented songwriter and musician Jacob Thomas Jr. on the show with us. Jacob, how's it going? Hmm, going great. Awesome, man. You've got a show coming up May 24th at the Cobra in Nashville. Now, are you in Nashville leading up to that gig? Or are you touring with someone right now? I am. Uh, I'll be well, I'll be in and out. I'm wrapping up some um, video and uh, recording stuff. And then I'm actually going to go out uh, 
a friend of mine is an artist here in town named Elise Davis, and she and I are going to go out and open up um, a couple of shows for Dwight Yoakam, and so I'll be out for a little bit, but I will be back in town, obviously, for that show. Very nice, man. Very nice. Very busy. Uh, yeah. You moved to Nashville about 11 years ago? That's correct, yeah. Nice. Almost, almost to the minute. Oh, wow. And <laughs> you are originally from Louisiana, right? Yeah, I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana. Nice. Now, you uh, before you came to uh, Nashville, everything was sort of uh, Christian-based. Very very Christianity-based family, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it still is. I'm yeah. just not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so your mom enrolled you in piano lessons real young at the age of six. Uh, how big was music in your life? Before you reach secular music, when it you know when your mom put you in those lessons, how big was music? Hmm. I I didn't really like it honestly. I uh, in, in hindsight, looking back on it, obviously I'm grateful for. It, but that young, I didn't. I was I learned to play piano through a method called the Suzuki method, which uh, really emphasizes learning to play by ear, which has benefited me greatly throughout life and different instruments that I've picked up and whatever. Mm -hmm. But at six years old, the kind of uh, demand, the, the going to practice and then practicing at home and going to sleep, listening to pieces that you're supposed to be learning. I, I, I was just a <laughs> six-year-old kid that wanted to you know, play video games and go run around outside. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I heard the first non-Christian uh, music that you heard was a mixtape from one of your friends made with Weezer and Queen on it. Sweet. Right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. Nice. Yeah, you did, you did your research. You know, but, I, uh, I go out there, man. I get it. Yeah, that was kind of like one of those things where you just hear something and it's so radically different from all the other stuff that I had heard, which was like very... Yeah conservative like christian stuff that you get at like the family christian bookstore i don't even know if that exists anymore <laughs> but um then i heard something that was like i think it was it had to be from the blue album you mm -hmm. know louisa and I, I was like what is this because i'd never heard anything like that and it just I'll, I'll never forget the way it made me feel yeah i just wanted to listen to it over and over and over and over and over on repeat <laughs> that's still how i am actually like when i hear something i really like I drive people around me nuts because I'll listen to the same song on repeat for like a week, you know, <laughs> like exclusively one song to try to figure out in my brain what it is that I love so much about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, a after you started listening to that type of music, who would you say your your biggest influence was like through the the earlier years? Hmm. Man, I, uh, yeah, Weezer has been a staple. Oh. You know, it's funny because that's, that's not really like necessarily in the wheelhouse of what I personally do yeah. as an artist and, and in writing and stuff like that. But I'll go see them every time they're around. I just really, I don't know, that just connected with a part of me at that time and that doesn't really go away, at mm -hmm. least for me, you know. Um, I also got into like just kind of more uh, rock type mm -hmm. bands. I remember I really liked Our Lady Peace growing up. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, I mean, I did a lot of like the whole indie thing, like the Get Up Kids and like Reggie and the Full Effect, mm -hmm. like any underground. That was like back in the day where you would find out about bands from like 
searching online and I think LimeWire and like mm-hmm. iMesh should just come out. So I was like illegally downloading these <laughs> songs and I would type in an artist name and other music kind of like that. Or people would like intentionally label things like Wilco, but it wasn't Wilco. So yeah. you would download the song and hear it and be like, well, this kind of sounds awesome, but I know this isn't Wilco. So I found out about a lot of people like that, I guess. Yeah, that made me that made me look stupid in a lot of uh, in front of a lot of my friends whenever I would say like, oh yeah, you heard that that song by Almond Brothers, and they're like, that's not Almond Brothers, and I'm like, oh, Word. oh well, that's what <laughs> that's what my MP3 said. Sorry, that's... right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So along with that, you know, I brought it up before. Your dad's a big time pastor, uh, and he's actually he's actually famous for writing books that are on you know anti rock sort of you know anti secular music. Uh, did that? I'm, I'm guessing that had to create a lot of tension when you first started performing back in the day. Hmm. Well, uh, growing up in the church, you you learn how to hide uh, guilt and uh, <laughs> anything that you perceived or that other people would perceive to be wrong, so that you don't get, you know. Um, I don't know if I I probably shouldn't. I, it's not a good idea to use profanity, so that you don't get <laughs> crap about it. I yeah. Guess. Um, you so, you can if you want. By the way, we'll just we'll just bleep it out. That's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked you that first. Um, yeah. So I mean, I I was doing music at the church when I was younger, and uh, and and when I started trying, I I, I mean, really, I I've always wanted to write. Mm-hmm. You know, write music is the avenue through which I'm I'm able to write. You know. When I, I always wanted to write Christian songs when I was in the church, but was never really able to, and I didn't really understand why. Um, and then it seemed to be relatively easy, or, or substantially easier for me to write songs about things that were not of the, you know, Christian content mm-hmm. and nature. Um, and I didn't really understand that because at the time I still definitely believed in God and all that stuff. And I was like, why would God not allow me to do something that would benefit him? But for some reason, it's seemingly simple for me to do this other thing that I don't think is good. Yeah. You know, or, or I was I was raised to believe was not like, I mean, he was just self-seeking as opposed to seeking the kingdom. Yeah. You know, if I'm speaking in church terms. But, um, <laughs> so... Uh, I I did that for a little bit. Tried to write, couldn't do that. Started writing my own stuff, and um, yeah, they the church asked me not to do music outside of the church. Yeah, and I told them that I wouldn't, um, but I lied, <laughs> and um, someone asked me to play a show, and I did, and uh, it was in a bar or something, and someone in the church found out about it, and they fired me. And at the time, I was I felt really hurt, mm-hmm. and. Because I had invested a lot of time and energy into helping build what they were doing. But in hindsight, it was the most wonderful thing that could have ever happened to me. Because, I mean, if I hadn't gotten that kick in the pants, like, I'm sure I still wouldn't be down there working at a church, miserable, like, but... Um, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, you, know, you never know in hindsight. Well, well, I heard the uh, the guy that you know tattled on you. He he came back to you and told you, "Hey, I, I was the guy that did that. I'm I'm really sorry." And like, yes, and he he actually still does. He still live up in Nashville. Yes, yeah. he does. Well, he lives. Uh, he lives. Um, yeah. Well, he lives in the Nashville area. He lives about thirty minutes outside of Nashville. He and I text occasionally, but yeah, 
I didn't know. I was like, how in the hell did they find out I played the show? Like, I didn't advertise it. I just, like, showed up and played. Yeah. Sold some CDs and got paid and got out of there. It always, I always wondered, like, who would have called and, like, tattletailed on, like, what? That's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And, like, years and years later, I got a call from him and he was just like, hey, dude, I'm not in that system anymore. And I feel really bad about what happened. He didn't know that I didn't know that he was a guy. Yeah. You know, he was like, I just wanted to apologize. I was like, well, for what? He's like, I was the person that called and ratted you out and stuff. What? And I was like, I was shocked because he was a guy who I did music with when I was in church. So I guess, I mean, I don't know. That whole weird, you can get <laughs> down that for a long time as far as the thought process behind why people do what they do when they're in that environment. Yeah. But uh, no, he and I are good friends and he'll come see me play shows here in town. It's great. Very nice. Well, so after you uh, left the church, you went to Nashville. Did you have, did you have a specific plan or did you just say, I'm, I'm going to Nashville to work in the music industry. Let's see what happens. Hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of, I, no, I didn't have a plan. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, not that I do now either, <laughs> but uh, I certainly didn't then. And um, I just knew that I had gotten fired from my job at the church. And that was really the only reason that I was down there. I mean, I mean my family and stuff is down there, obviously, but uh, I just... I just had the overwhelming feeling of I'm unhappy and I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and and um, so I I did know a couple people um, just from growing up um, that had lived in Nashville and were currently living in Nashville at the time. And I thought, you know, I've, I've been there a few times. I've enjoyed it. Like, I want to go. Something inside me said, just go to Nashville. And I had some people be like, trust me, you don't want to go to Nashville. It's not what you think. Like, because they knew the kind of music that I did and were like, they're going to try to put you into this thing. That's not what you want to do. Yeah. And I understood that, um, being in Nashville wasn't about country music for me at all. Um, it was just about being in a place where music was at the dominant industry of most of the people that I was surrounding myself with. So the, that lifestyle and everything felt more normal than it would in other places. It's not normal if you work in a bank to like go out and get sh and be at bars until three in the morning, you know, and not wake up until noon the next day. But like in music, that's actually kind of not that abnormal, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, so when you got to Nashville, uh, sort of one of the, the sort of the start, I guess, of the, the music side of things, you started playing for a lot of other uh, bands, sort of being a instrumentalist there being picked up right yeah they, i guess they call it a hired gun i was just a, a player and because like we talked about of the, the way i learned how to um, play music when i was younger it, it seems to be easier for me to pick up certain things on different instruments than mm -hmm. it is for for some folks and so i would just i mean i just get calls to do anything you know maybe play bass someone maybe keys guitar you know you name it and, yeah. and i'm kind of like always said yes to those things <laughs> just because i didn't want to work in restaurants and stuff you know? yeah so, so true um yeah so i was fortunate enough to be able to do that for several years had a lot of fun doing that yeah and well and so you you obviously before said songwriting is what you prefer to do more more so than just you know performing uh being on the road with all those different uh people you had to have some some great times on tour uh which which artists that you've worked with when i say you know who'd you have the most fun with comes to mind it was just <laughs> a blast 
Well, what do you mean by fun? Yeah! I uh, mean, like... <laughs> that you, you still look back on and just go, man, that was an awesome time. Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I, and I've had a... And I mean, this, this is super easy, but for me, it was the first guy that I ever played with because that was my first taste of, like, what that life was like. Yeah. Um, like, the being in a different city performing in front of large groups of people mm -hmm. within the artist that i was working with at the time was a guy named randy montana and mm -hmm. he was touring with like taylor swift and lady antebellum and little big town and like they this was you know i guess maybe seven or eight years ago mm -hmm. so um it was and and i was very fortunate enough to hit be in a band that his entire band were all guys that are very very good friends of mine and still play with me from time to time mm -hmm. um and and really like i've been in their weddings and stuff so it wasn't just like and at that time none of us were married nobody had kids it was like we were still like in our prime <laughs> i mean <laughs> i feel like i am a lot of those other guys have dropped off no, <laughs> they're great um but seriously, so it was, it felt like traveling around having way too much fun with a bunch of guys that you consider to be brothers. Yeah. You know? So. Very nice. Very, well, so I, I noticed a particular interest you have out when you're out touring. It seems you enjoy the occasional chili cheese dog. Wait, what? Hashtag oh, man. chili cheese hot blog. Yes, 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 yes. I created that hashtag on Instagram. Nobody has defiled it yet. I hope <laughs> that they don't. But uh, yeah, what, man, I don't. What's the best one you've had? What What's the best one? Hmm. Uh, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, when it gets to like the when you go to like the and people are like, oh, because they know I love chili cheese hot dogs. It's yeah. Like, oh, if you're in the city, you gotta try this place. They have, but I don't want like a. Um, organic locally sourced hot dog you know pressed in an artisan bun or anything like that yeah. I, I want a truck stop nasty chili cheese hot yeah. dog um so usually i can get those at flying jays or pilot yeah. on the road that's pretty awesome i did have a really good one at the iowa state fair though that i was, was gonna ask you about that one that one looked really superb yeah. that's right it was uh it that uh that one just came from, it's like a carnival food yeah. place, you know? But So it was like just nicer than a truck stop, but not too nice. I, I will say the uh, the Guam Airport chili cheese mm. dog, that looked a little subpar. I don't know. It could have just been looks. No, it was terrible. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> uh, we were, I was flying over there with uh, my buddy Uncle Cracker to mm -hmm. do some shows, and I... I, I we were in a weird time my time you know your sense of time so that picture was like i think i was eating at it at what was like four in the morning their time but my body felt like it was a different time <laughs> um and it was it was not good yeah it, I, it didn't it didn't look the best well speaking of food we had another Nashville man on our show actually just last week. Uh, Travis Meadows was on the show, and he was saying that the two places that I needed to try in Nashville were Moss Tacos and Eastside Grill Shack. Where are is your go-to spot in Nashville to get food? Hmm. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know who that dude is, but he nailed one of them. <laughs> Moss Tacos would be 100% the first place I would tell you, although I will say this. 
A dude got shot there oh. yesterday. What? Oh, jeez. Okay. Two wow. chicks. He was from out of town. He was from Wisconsin. He was meeting some friends there. Yeah. I guess meeting up there. And two chicks tried to rob him. Shot him right outside the place. Wow. The stomach. But that's not that normal. Only <laughs> I would say maybe one out of every fifty people get shot. So you oh, should be fine. Okay. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll gamble it for some tacos. Why not, man? These are life changing tacos, man. It's it, honestly, I would play those numbers to eat. These talk wow. for sure. Big talk, man. Okay, now now I do have to go there for and sure. And I will say this. I'm very particular about not overselling something yeah. because I ruin things for people like that often, like movies, <laughs> music, records, yeah. experiences, whatever. There, it is impossible for me to oversell this. It's so simple. It's so delicious. Every single time I go to Mas Tacos, I think it's certainly not as good as i remember it being and then i take the first bite and i'm like jesus christ it's even better than i remember man jeez okay all right i'm going to okay, the other place oh okay uh if you just like bar food yeah um edgefield sports bar and grill which actually is super close to mas tacos it's on the east side Sweet. every friday they do prime rib and a baked potato and a salad for 11 dollars. it's wow. a hell of a deal you yeah. can smoke inside um they have every sporting event you could possibly watch and it's it's not the kind of bar that is very inviting to tourists so it's never like overrun with bachelorette parties and people wearing <laughs> straw cowboy hats and shit like that, you know very nice very nice i like it so i'm okay i got i got my two places laid out now now i know where to go if i go to nashville yes! <laughs> uh well speaking of nashville a couple months ago you did balcony tv episode promoting your new album and, and I, I gotta say uh, you you mentioned it uh, that it was cold that day. It looked really cold, and that wind did not sound warm. Nope. How how cold was it up there on that rooftop? I don't know, but I'm I'm cold blooded anyways. Like I'm I'm always cold. I'm yeah, a pretty thin dude, uh, <laughs> and I'm tall and I have poor circulation, so I constantly feel cold. But uh, I mean, it felt like. It felt like it was like 40 degrees, which is not terrible, but yeah. when you're on top of a building and the wind is whipping and it's 40 degrees, and like yeah. the sun wasn't out or anything like that, it was real cold. It's not fun to play guitar and move your fingers against steel when it's that cold outside. No, but you did it. You did a good job. I mean, aside from every now and then the wind blowing into the mic, <laughs> yeah. it sounded great. It sounded great. Yeah. Let's Thank well. You. Speaking of that, let's get to the music. You just released your second album, uh, Electric Sex, on March sixteenth, two thousand eighteen. Great album, great songs. Whiskey roller coaster, running through my mind. Headlights and goodbyes. I mean, all of them are fantastic. Yes. Uh, I saw three years ago when you were working on the album. You said in an interview, you wanted it to get a sound like ELO mixed with Fleetwood Mac mixed with Leonard Cohen mixed with something slightly more sinister. Would you say you came out with something like that or something evolved into something a little bit different? Hmm. Uh, I'd say I nailed some of I mean, like, you know, I'm not a big fan of like uh, a record that's full of songs that sound like other songs. I think yeah. some songs have nailed it more than others. Like, uh, you know, um, and then some of them, obviously songs, you just get in there and you start recording sometimes that they just take their own direction and it doesn't really matter what you wanted it to be because it's already decided it's going to be something else. Yeah. So, uh, let's say, 
I I will tell you this. I'm a control freak and I'm a perfectionist. And if it wasn't something that I, if it was something that I thought I had to qualify when I let people hear, I wouldn't have released it. Nice. <laughs> I'm happy with whatever it turned out to be. Very nice. Well, uh, I saw at the first album, uh, you said you put zero time trying to make it a record that was palatable to any audience or target demographic. Did you uh, did you say say that holds true on this album as well? Was this uh, sort of a you know uh, cathartic release for you that you weren't really worried about others as far as what they were listening to? Yeah, I I mean I. At least in my experience, other people are different. Obviously, people who are far more successful than me spend a whole lot more time thinking about what other people want to hear yeah. in the recording process. That's just not really the way that I've ever wanted music to be. That's not the purpose or the place that it occupies in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, this this is a place where I can stick the middle finger to everyone because <laughs> I'm I'm fronting it. Like I'm doing this independently. So one of the there's a ton of things that are difficult about that, but one of the perks is nobody tells you shit. Like, <laughs> if they don't like it, they don't have to work with you. Yeah. But, you know, it's this is mine. Yeah. You know? Um, and hopefully so, other people will like it. Yeah, and hopefully other people like it. And, and truth be told, some of my favorite records, actually, I would say all of my favorite records were not hits when they came out. And it kind of took people a long time to come around to, you yeah. know? And I think if you make the kind of records as a, as a writer that are like unflinching as far as like your lyrical content and being honest and not compromising to like dumb down stuff to the lowest common denominator, because that's obviously the largest group of people. If you're not <laughs> thinking about that. Um, it's going to take people a while to yeah. like to come around to it, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you recorded the album uh, at uh, two places, Creative uh, Workshop Studio and then uh, Lake House uh, outside of uh, Nashville and Chattanooga. Um, mm. I got I to gotta say, uh, that, that Lake House looked really nice. Yes! That looked like an yep. enjoyable place to record. It actually reminded me a lot of the, um, the house they used in the Walk the Line movie. I don't know if you ever saw the Johnny Cash movie. Walking yeah, on. it was kind of a lot like that, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that was that was the feel I got. It looked like a great place to record. Yeah. Well, man, I tell you what, we started trying to do it in Nashville. We started the record. I started the record initially, and then my brother passed away, and a lot of things I stopped doing for a little bit just to like figure out. I never really lost somebody that close to me, and I didn't really feel motivated to do much of anything for a long time, and that's yeah. why the record took so long to record i guess but we started in a studio in nashville and we tracked some stuff and i listened to it and was like i hate this i hate everything about this mm. like this feels so impersonal it feels i don't like it you know yeah and so i talked to the guy who co-produced the record with me jason and uh, i was like i don't want to do this in a studio like i hate that feeling like the red light's on it's time to go like yeah um, you know Lame. get in get your session done go in get another session and then like go play a show and I, like i wanted to be away from the as much I'll, i wanted to be away from all the things that i love about nashville because mm -hmm. i do love all those things but not when i'm making a record right um, so he he has a lake house you know out near chattanooga and he was like i've never tracked anything out there but it would it's definitely isolated like there's no cell phone service or anything like that and uh 
we could just bring the studio out there and try to set it up and do it. And I was like, all right, yeah. let's try that. And that ended up being the foundation of like sonically the foundation of what the record became. Very nice. So I saw uh, back in December, Whiskey Roller Coaster, uh, the first single, had reached over 100,000 plays just two months. Um, how, how's the response been to the uh, whole album, would you say, on, on, on the streaming services? Hmm. Honestly, man, that's an interesting conversation. I feel like I have that a lot. Um, it's hard to tell with services other than Spotify. Um, I have a distribution company who listened to the record and really liked it and um, has done a great job uh, getting it on playlists and getting it into people. And, you know, I've sat down and talked with people from Spotify and Apple mm -hmm. Music and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But Spotify, for some reason, seems to be the only platform that has a real accurate, like real time numeric yeah. um, accounting of what's going on. I can't really tell on the other ones how it's doing, but... On Spotify, it seems to be crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this. I get my first check since the record's been out on May 15th. And that will be exclusively just from streaming stuff. And I'll have a much better idea <laughs> than about how it's being received. Well, I mean, you know, I was I was impressed as far as 100,000 plays in two months. That was, that was really good for the single. So... Uh, yeah. And it is it is interesting. I've had that conversation with other artists on the show before as far as, you know, uh, which uh, streaming service their audience sort of, you know, gravitates towards. And, you know, I've right. had some people on here that, uh, you know, it seems like Apple Music was the big one and then others that SoundCloud was big and then some randomly, you know, Pandora. So... It is. Mm -hmm. It's different on on everyone. Uh, now, I saw in another interview you said you uh, try to write a little bit every day. Try to get a little songwriting in every day. Uh, did you have a ton of material going in to starting this uh, record? No, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, which a lot of people, I mean, most people I know, go into if they're going into track a ten song record, they'll go in with fifteen or twenty songs yeah. and pick the one with the producer usually in the band the ones that seem the most. I don't. Like I, I don't, if I think a song is not going to make a record, I don't work on it. Yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah, I guess I'm, I guess I don't think about writing the way that, um, I'm not, I'm not trying to p push quantity. Yeah. Um, so I'll get like, and for the next record that I'll do, I'll probably get 10 more songs together Yeah. and go in and record those 10 songs. Um, well, so I, I saw um, that you said that your original sin to Electric Sex, uh, it was it was a progression that you had sort of envisioned going as far as from one album to the other. And you, you can tell a difference between, obviously, a, a large difference as far as the musical sort of type from the two albums. Uh, do you have any idea of where you want the next album to go? I mean, I know it's so soon after this one's been released, but do you see where you want it to go? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, this, right. Uh, so as far as the evolution of mm -hmm. the, the thing about electric sex from original sin is the songs from original sin that I play live with a band sound like songs that would be on electric sex so the purpose of doing the record the way that we did with electric sex in a lot of ways was to capture the sound that i 
felt that people were asking like where is this mm -hmm. so they would come up and be like okay we love this song and i was like here's the record and and they were like it's like is it like what you did and i'm like no it's actually just me and a guitar and it's live and unedited it's not but there's no band there's no steel there's no drums there's no you know yeah um so um the I, I wouldn't say that the songs had progressed from record to record as much as just the style in which we chose to record the records were a little different you know? yeah so the the next one yeah i think um i imagine it'll probably be a little more keys and harmony heavy mm -hmm. uh, uh I'm, I'm really falling in love with the group of guys that i've been playing with for a while now and and growing with them as musicians and players and challenging them to do more all the time um, so uh, yeah I, I have an idea i mean i don't want to i don't want to show you my hand just yet. <laughs> uh, but but yeah i do have an idea and i'd say i'm about three quarters of the way there on the songs being written for that record so that's encouraging yeah very nice it's, i mean it's going to be tough to, to top electric sex it's an awesome album Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I can't wait to hear what comes next, but we're up against a break right now. Jacob, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. I want to thank you for having me. Yeah, listeners, check out his music on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, SoundCloud, or iTunes. Check his website out, www.jacobthomasjr.com, and on Instagram at the King of Hearts, and on Twitter at the Jacob Thomas. Let's hear a little whiskey roller coaster. Keep it locked here on the Doc G Show. Waiting for me at home. But I got a bad girl just waiting out on the road. And we are back. Or Friday, actually. Or Friday, actually. Huh? We're on the air, Justin. <laughs> Girl, come on. Stop ruining things. Good Lord. We're trying to run a professional show. Here All right, are. here we are. We are back again. WSKR Radio here in Jacksonville. UNF Spinnaker. Check out, check out the podcast. And He's just going to yeah, keep adding things. You're going to add letters. Website. You're going to be like WSKJ799563. Kiner Roger, open fire. Yeah. <laughs> Code 14611. 15th time we've derailed on the show. Oh, Anyways, here. guys, I looked up that Suzuki method of uh, learning, learning how to play. Yeah, over the over the during the song there. That's some tough mm -hmm. stuff. No wonder he's such a good musician. Learning to play anyway is got to immerse yourself into the music. You've got to do it all by ear. So they start out with like real easy, easy songs, you know, like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Mm -hmm. And then you build up to crazy like Beethoven stuff and you're just all by ear. It's crazy. Caprice number 24. Crazy. And fellas, we have to, when we go uh, to South Pittsburgh for the mm -hmm. Cornbread Festival, yep. we'll have to do a little up to Nashville uh, to get to Mas Tacos. Heck mm. yes. More and, tacos. And That's the English translation. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering what that <laughs> oh, meant. Dang. I mean, two I rave reviews in a row, one. though. Really? I mean, forget it. Yes! We got to go there, That's man. That's not Dun random. That happens for a reason. Yeah, done deal. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's Got done. Wow, that was fast. Um, Guys, birthday suit. Here we go. Come on now. Before I get to birthday suit, let me say thanks. 
to Jacob Thomas Jr. again for being on the show. For Fantastic. Sure. Like to have him back on the show. Yes! Big props to him. Uh, I can't make it up to that show uh, the 24th, though, in Nashville. But if you are in the area, I would suggest going up to that. Uh, so, we've got a birthday suit. Are you ready? Here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, ready, yeah. Freddy. Here it is. May 2nd, 1990. Hello. In Palmdale, California. Our birthday suit wearer grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant. Oh. He spent a lot of his spare time playing against his older sister, Tiasha, in the park. Right? She went on to play college volleyball. But he didn't actually start playing organized b-ball until ninth grade. He ended up choosing Fresno State for his college. Mm -hmm. And then he entered the NBA draft after his sophomore year of college. He was drafted 10th overall by the Pacers in 2010. You know who this is. Since then, he has been a five-time All-Star, and he was the NBA Most Improved Player. He went to OKC in 2017. Uh, Paul George. Paul George. Paul George. Yes, indeed. Is he leaving? Uh, Yeah, he's out OKC? Yeah. Oh, dang. I don't know. Well, it's not official yet, but it's it's gonna happen. It's I written mean, on the wall, writing no, on the wall. They just they, they didn't seem to be ever together. Cohesive, really, you know, mm-hmm. not really ever together. But he's got a birthday to celebrate. Yeah, you know? happy birthday to him. Happy birthday. Yeah. Y G Tresse. Big. Y G. That's his. Uh, yeah, that's Instagram. his handle there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so guys, we've got some great shows coming up. Can't wait. Dumpster Funk. We've got lettuce. We've got. Uh, Grant Lyon We've got Ryan Dalton We've got Damn. all of these people coming up I mean It's a lineup right there Guest and guest again We've got guest on guest And of course Guest on guest on guest We will continue With where in the world Is El Jefe uh, May I can't wait Sweet. I can't wait either man I mean He's going Pumped. all across He's he's told me the whole route too I mean he's going Yeah he's going He's like, going California He's going up to Utah Washington. He's doing yep. Washington yep. Then he's coming back around Going up through Canada A little bit Really He's going to Maine. Wow. Yeah. Hitting all the corners. Holy wow. crap. It's just getting nuts for El Jefe, and we're going to be a part of it. I can't wait. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait, guys. But uh, until then, we've got we to gotta shut down the show. Oh, I like that. Yeah, thanks. That was the shutdown noise. Uh, I have been your host, Dr. Jeebus. With me, as always, in the co-pilot seats, without their metaphorical pants, they are still off. Justin, Virgin Bat, Evangelista. Bye. And Dave, Burles, Berlin. See you, listeners. Goodbye. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah. Gene.